This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive. Helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The hot stove season continuing here on Tribe Talk, and we're very pleased to have you along for our show this weekend. And uh, just a reminder, if you want to tune into our show outside of the Indians radio network, and we're guessing that most of you tuning in either on WTAM 1100 in Cleveland or some of our great Indians radio network stations like WAKR down in Akron. They also pick up the show, among others. But uh, if you want to download it as a podcast, you can do so and then listen to it uh, whenever you have the time. You can do so and find it on iTunes. Just go to Cleveland Indians Podcast, and it's right there for you shortly after the show is posted each Saturday. Good show lined up for you today. A little bit later on, Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio will join us and talk about the 6th Annual Bob Feller Active Valor Awards held this past week down in Washington, D.C. Also, we'll have our Game of the Week feature, a look back at one of the great games of 2018. But first, great news on the contract front for the Indians in what could be and already has been to some extent an off-season of roster upheaval to try and change things up a little bit and, and make the best use of resources for the Indians to make that last step in the postseason, if indeed they can get there again. The Indians and Carlos Carrasco agreed to a contract extension late this week. For Carrasco, he is now signed through the 2023 campaign if the Indians pick up a club option for that year. But it's a four-year contract extension for Carlos Carrasco, and that is great news. He's 31 years of age now, coming off a 17-win season in 2018 with an ERA of 3.38. You look at the last two years, the ERA just about the same. 18 wins in 2017, 17 this year, and really seems to be in the prime of his career and showing no signs of slowing down. He's had some freak injuries over the course of the past couple of seasons, but when healthy, he's an innings eater and certainly one of the best of an Indian's outstanding starting pitching staff that could undergo some changes. We'll see. The baseball winter meetings are coming up 
this week. We had a chance to visit with Carlos Carrasco one-on-one after he signed the contract extension. And uh, when we talked to him, we talked to him about signing with the Indians and extending what has been a great relationship and foregoing at least for a little while longer free agency for him. And Cookie says the reasons for signing an extension with the Tribe were pretty simple. You know what? This is uh, the team that I love to play. You know, they gave me opportunity in uh, 2009 and uh, July. I think it was July 31st when I got traded to the Cleveland Indians. From day one to now, they give me opportunity. And uh, this is feel home. This is feel home for me, my teammates, the organization, the front office, uh, everyone. So I just, I just want to continue wearing the, uh, the Cleveland Indians uniform. So You mentioned it feels like home. And I know sometimes that can take a little bit. And you mentioned going back to, to 2009 when you first got here in the trade. What are some of the things along the way that has made it feel like home for you? You know what is um, first? They are a great organization. Second one, the community, uh, the community of uh, in Cleveland. Uh, you know my teammates, the people, the fans, and um, you know just just get in there and play there. So it's not uh, eight years already. You know, play with them. So I just I just wanna I just wanna stay. I just wanna continue to be a member of the Cleveland Indians. And on the field, I know it took a little bit to, to really establish that consistency, and, and certainly the, the last four-plus seasons have been really consistent. But I know there was that, that point in 2014 where you were really struggling to, to find consistency and, and how to make it work at the major league level. What was the, the turning point for you, do you think? You know what? Yes, in 2014, I started out of the uh, rotation. Uh, for the first month, I got like maybe five outing, like zero and four, with a, a ERA six point seventy something. Then Tito, um, and Mickey Galloway, they took the uh, I think the they took the opportunity to send me to the bullpen, uh, especially to the front office because uh, is I think it's not one guy that say okay you go on the bullpen. So um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who think about that decision to send me to the bullpen because that's what I learned uh, to to pitch better at the rotation. So they send me to the bullpen and you never know what day you're going to pitch or what situation is going to be one pitch, is going to be one out, two out, five innings, all those episodes that I give it to you, that's what I pitch. I pitch for one pitch. Uh, I did pitch for one pitch, one inning, Maybe three pitches sometimes. Five innings. Five innings I did with uh, uh, Auckland. I remember that I did five innings. So uh, my mind was a little bit different because uh, out of the bullpen, you you have to get ready right away. And setting when you start, so you have five days. Just think about it, think about it. for that for that time. My mind didn't was there like okay. You know, think about this, think about that, 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 that. Just thinking every day, every day, every day, every day. But when they sent me to the bullpen, it was really different. So just sit on the bullpen. Okay, uh, Carrasco, you're going to pitch. Okay. And then you get ready right away. Actually, my velo went up too. So they bring me back in August 15 uh, against New York. I went five in 75 pitches. My velo is still great, uh, you know, but I'll, 
I pitched my innings with, uh, you know, I was ag uh, aggressive, pitching like that. And that's what I learned out of the bullpen. You're from that point to now, it's just been, it's been great. And, and thank, thank those guys. They gave me an opportunity to go in the bullpen and bring me back. And during that time, you were one of the younger players on the team, or, or least experienced, and now you're a veteran, and, and as this contract goes along, you'll be more so. Uh, do you embrace that role now, and has your role changed on this team to the point where maybe it's not so much learning from others, but maybe you can pass along some of the things that you have learned? Hey, no matter what, wait, no matter what, how many years you play in the big league, I'm pretty sure Bartolo Colon is 46 years old, 47, something like that, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's still he's still learning. Every day we're still learning, you know. No matter what, if you are a veteran, if you have 20 years, if you have one day in the big league, you know we still learn. Like you say, I was young uh, for that time and I learned. But uh, in this point right now, actually in in in, in 2018, I still learn from another guy because uh, it's something different every every five days for me. Every uh, every day too, when somebody's throwing a bullpen, learn from from another star. So, I think there was something really good. And actually, uh, for the Cleveland India is pretty much uh, like family. So they take care of everyone. They take care if you do something bad in your mechanic or hitting or whatever. So they 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 help you a lot to fix that. And that's that's what made me come back to Cleveland. Uh, you know, it made me feel family. So. Even the the guy from the training room, so they take care of me every day, you know, with my arm, my leg, my body, and everything. So I think it's something that I've, uh, you know, it's, it's special for me and for my family too. Well, Carlos, congratulations! Thanks so much for the time today. All right, thank you. That's Indians pitcher Carlos Carrasco agreeing to a four-year contract an extension of a couple of seasons after the current contract was finished for him that could take him through the 2023 campaign, and that is certainly great news. And I think he could tell some of the enthusiasm in his voice about signing with a team that he believes in that's been really good to him uh, through a Tommy John surgery and some of the ups and downs in his major league career and getting him to the point where he certainly is one of the top starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, and he does such great work off the field, too. Four straight seasons, he's been the Indians nominee for the prestigious Roberto Clemente Award given annually by Major League Baseball for sportsmanship and community involvement. And uh, like so many others on this Indians ball club, he's very involved in the community and certainly has been recognized for that. Now, Chris Antonetti, Indians president of baseball operations, along with Mike Chernoff, the Indians general manager, they're trying to do everything they can to make sure this club is in contention again in 2019 and now beyond. Carrasco's contract extension, a big part of that, and we'll hear some of Chris's thoughts on that when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And if you'd like to catch up with us on Twitter, you can do so. At Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Well, at the tail end of this weekend and early next week, and by the end of next week, there could be more player moves 
for the Indians. We have already seen their frontline catcher, Jan Gomes, traded in a deal to the Washington Nationals. Now late this week, the Indians have agreed to a contract extension with Carlos Carrasco. And Chris Antonetti, the Indians president of baseball operations, met with the Cleveland media after the announcement of Carrasco's contract extension. And uh, he addressed a number of issues, including Carrasco's situation, and he said the extension made sense for a lot of reasons on the major league level. Over the course of the past few seasons, Carlos has established himself as one of the best pitchers uh, in the American League and, in fact, all of baseball. Uh, Beyond that, he's developed into a core member of our team and also within the Cleveland community. He and his wife, Carrie, have been recognized for their work throughout the city of Cleveland, back in their hometown or their native Venezuela, and um, have made impacts in both places. So we're excited to be in Carlos's term with us. Uh, as we said at the start of the offseason, one of our goals was to not only improve our, uh, not only get back to the postseason in 2019, but also improve our position organizationally beyond that. Hey, Chris, Carlos would obviously be an ace on many staffs. And I'm just wondering, you just you touched on this a little bit, but how comforting is it to have a guy that, you know, not only puts the numbers, but is somebody that you know that you can rely on and you know what you're getting all the time with him? Yeah, Tom, I think that was ex- extremely important for us. Um, again, one of the things we try to do is look forward and how are we going to build our team for multiple seasons to come. And as we looked at the continuity of our rotation, we felt Carlos could continue to be a key cog in that. And when we had the opportunity to discuss with him the opportunity or to extend his term here, it was something we thought would make a lot of sense for us. And we're really happy we were able to do that because it does help in our planning efforts moving forward. Because as we said, we want to do what we can to improve our team, not just in 2019, but the years beyond that as well. Chris, as you guys were negotiating or, or finalizing the agreement did you did, did both sides take a minute to kind of reflect back at just his career path and and some of the crossroads that he was at whether it was after his, his elbow surgery or when he got moved to the bullpen and just think about how gratifying it is for for both sides here that now it looks like he'll be in your uniform for pretty much his entire career Zach I don't it wasn't something we did within this process but we did have a chance to do that uh, at the end of the season with Carlos and in our conversations with him along the way, it's been it's been really fulfilling to see, as I said earlier, Car- Carlos's development and maturation as a player and person in the time we've had him. He has overcome a lot of challenges. His career, we t- often talk about, you know, career and development isn't linear. That's certainly been the case with Carlos and that there have been some fits and starts along the way. But we've now seen as he's matured into the pitcher he's become, he's now one of the you know, best pitchers in the American League and all of baseball, and we're thrilled to have him as part of our rotation for the for the foreseeable future. Hey, Chris, following up on Zach's question, was there? Can you identify any kind of a turning point um, where it just kicked in for Carlos? Yeah, I think if you go back to that time he spent in the bullpen, it really changed his mindset. He's always Carlos has always had great a great complement of stuff. How he utilized that stuff and his aggressiveness in the strike zone kind of came and went at times. And I think when he had the opportunity to pitch out of the bullpen with the mindset of just trying to execute one pitch at a time, don't worry about trying to get through a lineup three or four times. Just get execute one pitch, try to get that hitter out, and then go on to the next hitter, try to get that guy out until Tito comes to take the ball from him. 
I think that mentality helped flip the switch in Carlos's mind to keep him and stay aggressive. And he's maintained that same approach as a starter. And he's carried that forward for us now for the past uh, four or five seasons. Curtis, would you say this winter has just sort of reinforced the value of the cost control with, with, with starting pitching in particular uh, in the marketplace? And not, you know, not getting specifics about trade discussions or anything like that, but like, when you have starters locked into uh, contractual control for, for multiple years, um, would you say this offseason has particularly hammered home the value of that? Uh, the early signs of the offseason seem to point in that direction. When you look at what's happened on the free agent market and what some of those contracts have been or are reported to be, as well as the dialogue throughout the game around team interest in starting pitchers, there seems to be, you know, a continued emphasis on the value that they can bring, especially for the really good starting pitchers. Boy, and there it is. Uh, Chris headed off to Las Vegas later on this weekend for baseball's winter meetings, and we'll see if indeed that hotbed where all the general managers and decision makers are together under one roof, if that spurs even more moves by the Indians, they could be uh, substantial. We'll see. But, uh, boy, we keep hearing big names, the biggest names on that Indians roster, especially the pitching staff, have been floated out there as uh, potential trade chips, and we'll see if that indeed does come to fruition by the end of the week in Las Vegas. Stay tuned. When we come back, it's our look back at a Game of the Week from 2018. That's our Game of the Week segment coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. As promised, it's our look back at a great game from the 2018 season. Our Game of the Week segment here during the off-season editions of Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And this year, the Indians, in a rarity, played a game outside the continental United States. They played down in Puerto Rico against the Twins, a two-game series back in mid-April that turned out to be everything and more than was anticipated both by Major League Baseball and many of those involved, including players not from Puerto Rico, but clearly the natives of Puerto Rico like Francisco Lindor and Roberto Perez of the Cleveland Indians. I think it exceeded even their highest hopes as it was a a thrilling two-game series between the two clubs at Iram Bithorn Stadium in downtown San Juan. Now, Game 1, that's the game that we're going to focus on. It was Tuesday, April the 17th. The Indians and Twins coming in with decent starts to their seasons. Both teams a couple of games over 500. The Indians at 8-6. and six. The Twins three games over at 7-4. and four. And a good pitching matchup on tap as well, as Corey Kluber would take the mound for the Indians against Jake Odorizzi for Minnesota. And both pitchers were locked in early, putting up the zeros. Here's Kluber's pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball left center. 
moving after it. Zimmer makes the catch, and the side is retired, and there is no score as we head to the fourth. Well, that's how it stood until the fifth inning. That's when the Indians started the scoring with the biggest moment of the trip coming from the hometown kid, Francisco Lindor. Big pitch in this game, and the fans can sense it. Three and two, the count on Lindor. Here it comes. Curveball swung on, hit high and deep to right. Back on it is Grossman at the track, looks up. That ball is gone. Home run, Lindor. They're going bonkers in Puerto Rico. Second home run on the season for Lindor, but a home run he'll never forget. 2-0 Tribe, and a curtain call from Lindor. In the sixth inning, the Indians continue to play the long ball game as Jose Ramirez went deep. Payoff pitch coming to Ramirez. Here it comes. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep, deep, deep into the night, and that ball is gone into the bleachers. Home run, Jose Ramirez. 3-0 Tribe. And the next batter was Michael Brantley. Pitch to Michael Brantley. Launched high and deep, right center. Home run, Brantley. Back-to-back -back home runs for the Tribe. Indians lead it 4-0. First home run for Michael Brantley. And here comes Paul Molitor who may be thinking two pitches too late as Ramirez and Brantley go deep to open the sixth inning, and that's it for Jake Odorizzi. Brantley drove in another run with an RBI single in the seventh. That made it 5-0. And then in the eighth, one more home run, this one from Yonder Alonso. Here's the 2-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. If it's fair, it's gone. And it is a fair ball. Home run. Yonder Alonso, six to one, tribe in front. Number three on the season for Alonso. In the ninth, it was Cody Allen on the mound to finish things up. Allen with the payoff pitch. Swung on, ground ball to Kipnis at second base, backhand pickup, throws to first in time, and the Indians win it. They take the opener here in San Juan over the Twins by a final score of 6-1 to one behind strong pitching from Corey Kluber and four home runs tonight. The next day we caught up with Frankie Lindor who talked about where that game ranked in his young career in terms of memorable moments. Definitely in the top three, top three, top five. Um, it's an extremely special moment for me, for my family and the people here in Puerto Rico, something I... Um, I, uh, I dreamed of from growing up, and um, it's something I'll never forget. I'll never take it for granted. And when you look at being able to rise to that moment, not everybody can. You almost did in the first inning. Uh, just seeing the ball well and, and being able to focus despite all everything going on around you. Just trying to get a good pitch to hit. Get a good pitch to hit and try to um, drive it. It goes wherever it goes, it goes. The reaction. Uh, what was it like rounding the bases? Awesome, awesome. Um, very special. Um, something I'll never forget. And I uh, just... Just looking around, seeing everybody celebrating, it was definitely cool. 
And could you feel the crowd and sense it was different from a normal regular season game? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And before the pitch was even thrown, I knew every, um, it was a special um, day. And um, just running out in the line and listening to the crowd, it's a special crowd, not like we used to in the regular season. Your mom was there. What did that mean to you? A lot, a lot. Seeing her and, and looking up in the stands and seeing her celebrating the way she was, it was something that uh, she worked for it and um, I owe it to her. We record this mid-afternoon, and, and I'm sure a lot of fans back home know that there's been another power outage here. When you look at, at what this series has meant to the folks in Puerto Rico, obviously they're still working through some things. What can it do for this, this island to, to get it back on track? It's, it's, it, re, it united the people. It also brings a little bit of joy to the people because they forget all what's happening in the house and they focus on the game, so that's what it's all about here. The home run last night, obviously big, but was it just as big for you? To, to be able to go back to your elementary school and, and see some people maybe you haven't seen for a long, long time. Definitely, definitely. That was that's the highlight of the the trip, going back and helping others. That's the highlight, and um, that's that's why it's all about. All right, Francisco. Thanks so much. Thank you. We also had a chance to visit with Roberto Perez during our time in Puerto Rico, and he talked about what it meant to him to play the series at home in Puerto Rico. Ah, uh, it feels good, man. It feels amazing. I think the weather has something to do, especially, you know, we, we haven't been playing for the last three days. But uh, it's nice to be here, man. Uh, it feels like home. Uh, you know, just waiting for a couple of my family members. Uh, and uh, just ready. I'm looking forward for the game tonight, man. It's going to be awesome. I think the atmosphere is going to be great. Um, I just can't wait. It's been a wonderful trip so far. As someone who has never been here before, right. from your perspective, what makes Puerto Rico such a special place and near and dear to your heart? I think it's the weather on the places, man. I think, uh, you know, I saw you yesterday. You were at the beach, all right? <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, I think, you know, uh, Puerto Rico is known by there's nice people, um, nice, nice weather. You know, we got beaches everywhere. Um, so it's... Uh, it's a matter of, of, of the, the people that come here, you know, kind of like go out and, and, and explore. And, and uh, I mean, look at this. This is beautiful, man. You know, it's hot, it's humid, but um, it's nice to be here. It's baseball weather is what it is. It it's is, the it way is. it's meant to be played. Uh, this ballpark, uh, explain to me how often you've played here and what it means to be playing a major league regular season, not exhibition game, here. Uh, you know, I, I had the chance to play here in uh, Winterball back. Uh, I played since 2009 till 2015. That was six years, but uh, um, it never gets old, man. I think this is the big league stadium. That's why we call it because um, it's it's really nice. This is probably the, the best ballpark in the in the island. Um, and, and to be able to play in front of, you know, all these people that they deserve it and, and, and to come here and play in front of, these people that have gone through a lot the, these seven, eight, nine months, um, it, it's it's a special thing, man. I think uh, they they deserve it, um, and, and we're here to you know to show them uh, a, a great game. You know, we, we we're both great teams. Um, I, I think they're looking forward to it. They're excited. I, I just don't know. It's a different feeling when you play winter ball. It's, there's people in the stands, but not as tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be crazy. Um, they put bleachers out there, so it's going to be awesome. 
So there it is, a look back at one of the great games of 2018, most notably because of one shining moment from Francisco Lindor, his two-run home run in front of the home fans, a sellout crowd, almost 20,000 in Iran Bidhorn Stadium. And I mean, they had to shoehorn them in to get it close to 20,000. But uh, just a great atmosphere. And the teams played an outstanding game the next night, a game that was scoreless until the 14th inning. That's when Edwin Encarnacion hit a home run to break the tie. Miguel Sano hit a solo home run in the bottom of the inning to tie the game once again. Then finally, the Twins would win it in the 16th inning, 2-1 to one, the final score as Minnesota evened up that brief two-game series down in Puerto Rico. But again, a memorable couple of days down south for the Indians and the Twins. And when you look back at the start of last season, the weather issues that both teams had early on, not only was it great to head down to Puerto Rico to play in a, a baseball hotbed, an area that is just embracing the game uh, both in the summertime and in the wintertime, but uh, two teams that could use some nice weather, and they certainly got it down in Puerto Rico in mid-April. Stay tuned after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for our hot stove shows. And it is happening in earnest now, as uh, you've been able to tell on this show. We've talked a lot about the contract extension for Indian starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco. A lot of trade rumors out there involving so many different names for the Indians, but most notably two members of that starting rotation, two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber and uh, potential future Cy Young Award winner and Trevor Bauer. Both of their uh, names have been bandied about uh, so far in the offseason, and we'll see if that leads to something concrete here in the, in the next week or so at baseball's winter meetings. Well, off the field, one of the great annual events in baseball with direct ties to the Cleveland Indians, the Bob Feller Act of Valor Awards. It's an annual ceremony that takes place in Washington, D.C. This year, the sixth annual event. And our senior vice president of public relations, Bob DiBiasio, was there earlier this week in Washington, D.C., and he said it's a tremendous event that keeps getting better and better with each passing year. Well, it's a wonderful uh, ceremony, Rosie. Uh, this is our sixth annual. Um, it might have been our best event, and, and it could have. Uh, and the reason for that could be uh, just the energy in that room. Uh, Johnny Bench was our Hall of Fame uh, honoree this year, and his energy was just remarkable. Um, he's a guy that uh, uh, was in the uh, Marine Reserves and um so we honored honored Johnny um Sean Doolittle of uh, the Washington Nationals left-handed reliever for the the Washington Nationals anybody there listening uh you might if you're a history buff at all and might understand the name Doolittle he is related to the gentleman on the Doolittle raid of Japan the first bombing of Japan following the bombing of Pearl Harbor. I think it's his seventh cousin or something that uh, and he and his wife are just so committed. What what Sean Doolittle does and his and his wife Erin do for 
um, the support of our military is just incredibly dramatic. It, it, it's the breadth of it is just remarkable. And that's what the focus of the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation is and, and the awards ceremony we have annually at the U.S. Navy Memorial honors and recognizes those who help support our servicemen and women. And then we honor some inside the U.S. Navy. That The intersection of Major League Baseball and the U.S. Navy through the great name Bob Feller uh, is a wonderful uh, opportunity to teach the lessons of citizenship and sacrifice, uh, making sure people do not forget that most incredible generation that fought in World War II. And we had one more uh, just remarkable event. Uh, Sean Wingle was the chief petty officer that we honor. There's really four major awards, Rosie. We, we honor a Hall of Famer. We honor a current Major League Baseball player who supports our servicemen and women. We honor a chief petty officer, which is the rank Bob Feller earned serving aboard the USS Alabama. And we also honor a, a U.S. Uh, uh, non-commissioned uh, Marine uh, with the Jerry Coleman Award. Uh, Jerry Coleman, the only Major League Baseball player to fight in both Korea uh, and um, World War II. So he was the only one to fight in, in both wars. Um, an incredible night. A lot of medals, a lot of uniforms. We had the, uh, as we always do, the Naval Academy baseball team uh, with us, uh, packed house in the in the theater uh, at uh, the U.S. Navy Memorial. Uh, the energy there. Uh, we had a tremendous tribute to uh, President Bush. Rear Admiral Michael Javely, uh did an incredible job with a moment of silence. Uh, for a Navy aviator uh, and president, uh, Mr. Bush, um, who uh, I got to know, Rosie. I'll digress and give you 1981 All-Star Game. He's vice president of the uh, United States, and he throws out the first pitch for the 1981 All-Star Game. And beforehand, he I go walking into Phil Seggy, our general manager's office, trying to find Phil, because we were going through a series of interviews with different members of the Cleveland Indians front office. And um, I went to see if Phil was in his office to get him to the field. And he had already left his office to go to the field. But as I walked into his office, there happened to be the vice president of the United States sitting at his desk. There were no secret service around. It was just, you know, Mr. Bush or vice president Bush. And um, he, you know, I, I looked in and he goes, can I help you, young man? And um, we sat and chatted. He goes, sit down, tell me about yourself. And we just had this most remarkable conversation for about 15 minutes. And he sent me a, a, a set of uh, vice presidential cufflinks with a handwritten note. So, so when you read these things about what a, a wonderfully uh, personal uh person he was the you know the the handwritten notes and the letters um i was on the receiving end of that myself so uh, i had a chance to visit the the casket um lying in state uh, uh, very memorable
Bobby, thanks a lot for coming by. Uh, have a great holiday season if we don't catch up with you. Well, thank you, Rosie. You and your family have a wonderful holiday, and uh, go Tribe. That's Bobby D. talking about the 6th Annual Bob Feller Active Valor Awards earlier this week in Washington, D.C. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. Always great to have you along. We appreciate the work of Brian Matze putting together a good portion of our show, as well as Anthony Alford doing great work back at our network studios as well on the editing front and uh, keeping the show moving forward each week. Until next week, when we join you from right here in downtown Cleveland, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.